In the most anticipated Supreme Court case of the year, the justices signaling that they will side with Donald Trump on the question of whether he's eligible for the 2024 ballot. The former president did not attend Thursday's arguments. Most justices didn't address his role in the January 6th insurrection, instead focusing on legal arguments around the 14th Amendment. Trump's lawyer, Jonathan Mitchell, an experienced Supreme Court advocate, argued Trump isn't covered by the so-called insurrectionist ban. A ruling from this court that affirms the decision below would not only violate term limits, but take away the votes of potentially tens of millions of Americans. And argued January 6th was not even an insurrection. Only one justice asked about whether it was. So riot the point is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection? This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. Jason Murray argued for Colorado voters who won their case at the lower court. By engaging in insurrection against the Constitution, President Trump disqualified himself from public office. States have the power to ensure that their citizens' electoral votes are not wasted on a candidate who is constitutionally barred from holding office. But the justices appeared much more skeptical of his argument. Do you have uh, contemporaneous examples? Um, and by contemporaneous, I mean uh, shortly after the adoption of the 14th Amendment, where the states uh, disqualified national candidates, not its own candidates, but national candidates. In an ominous sign, the Chief Justice said Murray's arguments were at war with history. That seems to be a position that is at, uh, at war with the whole thrust of the 14th Amendment and very ahistorical. The whole point of the 14th Amendment was to restrict state power. And question the consequences of a ruling in favor of Colorado and other states then following suit. It'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence. Even liberal justice Elena Kagan asked this. I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. It was Murray's first time arguing before the high court. He engaged in several contentious exchanges with the justices. And even as a former clerk, it didn't stop Justice Gorsuch from scolding Murray. But no, nevertheless, they were no, put into that no, office. we're talking about Section 3. And Please don't change the hypothetical. And even though the argument seemed to go well for Trump, he still wanted the last word, addressing reporters outside Mar-a-Lago. Can you take the person that's leading everywhere and say, hey, we're not going to let you run? You know, I think that's pretty tough to do, but uh, I'm leaving it up to the Supreme Court. It's unclear how long it will take the justices to issue their opinion, but the chief justice will likely take as long as he needs to build consensus across party lines and come up with a compromise, likely a very narrow ruling that shows some unity on the court. This is an institution that is increasingly under scrutiny for concerns about ethics and partisanship. This is an opportunity to allay some of those concerns. Jake, this is as much a test for Chief Justice John Roberts as it is for Donald Trump. All right, Paula Reed at the U.S. Supreme Court for us. Thanks so much. Joining us now, Norma Anderson, a 91-year-old Republican from Colorado. She's the lead plaintiff. She's suing to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. Her name is on the legal filings at the center of arguments in the Supreme Court today. Also with us, Donald Sherman, who represents Norma Anderson and is executive vice president and chief counsel of Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, or CREW. 
which is a good government group. And Norma, we should just mention for our viewers who don't know this, not only are you a Republican, you're, not only are you a former state representative in Colorado, not only are you a former state senator in Colorado, yeah. you are the former state majority leader in the state house and the state senate. That's how much of a Republican you are. Correct. So first of all, what was it like to be at the center of this historic case? Forget the what the result's going to be. We don't know. We don't know, and we won't know until they tell us. But but regardless of that, you are now even more than you were part of history. Yes, but somebody has to do it. Why not me? Right. And and do you feel proud, even if ultimately the the court oh. goes against you? Will this have been worth it? Yes. Absolutely. Why? Because my reason is I'm concerned about our democracy. If we don't do something about saving it, I see it slipping. I've lived long enough at 91 to go through many, many presidents. None of them challenged the election as this one did, mm -hmm. which tells me that he will challenge other constitutional things and other things in the democracy. He has yet to accept that he lost. Um, and, and Donald Crew filed uh, this Colorado lawsuit. You heard the U.S. Supreme Court justices earlier today. Uh, are you satisfied with how Jason Murray represented uh, your side and your cause, Colorado voters in court today? And do you see any scenario where you get the verdict you want? Well, first, I'm absolutely satisfied with, uh, with Jason Murray's performance. The justices asked tough questions, in part because we have asked them to make a historic decision, not just uh, for uh, Norma and the voters that we represent, but for the Republican voters of Colorado and perhaps the nation. So it wasn't surprising that uh, both sides got skeptical and incisive questions, but certainly the stakes are higher on, uh, you know, if we prevail. And so it's not surprising that the justices had tougher questions uh, for, for Jason, which I thought he handled ably. The um, lots of legal analysts think that uh, the other side is going to win. Uh, and I'm wondering if you share that opinion or if you uh, if hope springs eternal for your side. Uh, I always wait till the end mm -hmm. because I can't guess an outcome. Every time I try, I'm wrong. <laughs> what about the argument that, I'm not going to go through the entire court case again, but what about the argument that if your side wins this case, whenever they rule, um, that just means that this will be something that the other side uses against a Democratic president uh, inappropriately. For instance, we've already heard uh, some Republican governors say, well, maybe what's going on at the border that uh, President Biden is not doing enough to take care of, maybe that counts as insurrection or rebellion. Well, what everyone forgets is our trial judge found Trump guilty of insurrection. Right. And he had a chance to answer the charges. Trump did, yeah. Yes. So therefore, they would have to find somebody guilty. So the other thing is, um, what if, as other legal experts are anticipating, the Supreme Court goes forward with some sort of splitting the baby decision and rules against you on this, but rules that Donald Trump 
does not have immunity in that other case that is working its way through the system. Uh, or at the very least, they let the U.S. Appeals Court standing uh, decision stand. Would you be okay with that? I know that that's not what you want, but how would you feel? I'd be very happy if he lost immunity. And what about you? Well, I, I mean, I think the uh, immunity question raises something interesting, which Trump's lawyers raised at the oral argument today. Um, he suggests that uh, states can't enforce Section 3, uh, suggests that courts can't enforce Section 3. And then when asked about the criminal immunity statute, which, um, you know, isn't sort of perfectly matched with Section 3, he also said that the president had immunity. The entirety of Trump's argument is that he is somehow special and that Section 3 and uh, doesn't apply to him, that the federal criminal statute can't apply to him, and that he is above the law. Even the exception that uh, Jonathan Mitchell argued about the office officer question, as the justices asked him, uh, is meant to cover just Donald Trump, because at least in uh, Mitchell's estimation, Trump and, oh, George Washington are the only presidents who were elected but had not previously taken a article uh, or a Section 6 oath uh, to support the Constitution. And so, you know, I, I think underlying your question is, uh, is Trump's main argument, which is that no law, whether it's federal criminal law or the Constitution of the United States, should apply to him. So your name is now going to be up there with Madison, Marbury, Anderson. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad at Not, all. No matter what happens, historic. <laughs> yeah. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. And safe Thank travels back to, back to Colorado. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it.